Let's roll into Mika. How you doing, brother? Thank you so much for jumping. Good, good to see you, mate. Yeah, very good. The power of connections, and obviously, uh, originally knowing you from school days, a couple of years older than me, but from Mighty Brintig. The, the good old Brintig, eh? <laughs> mate, what a journey you've been on with both of us, but more importantly, the journey you've been on. It's um, it's yeah. pretty amazing. Like you said, mate, for both of us, I think, well, you left, what, 10 years ago to Australia? Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people back home, I think for you as well, would always ask me, like, what is it like living over in Thailand or what is it like living over in Australia? Um, and it's difficult to explain to people, as, as you know, who might just come on holiday for like a month or two months or whatever, but we, to spend now 13 years in Thailand, it's, it's, it's actually my home anyway, but it's, it's been an unbelievable journey, especially obviously on the field with football. But um, outside of it as well, I've done really well, so I'm really happy with that. But yeah, I couldn't have, I couldn't have like written the best story for myself, really, to be fair. Yeah, to be fair, mate, like I know everyone from, from back home, whenever we talk about Mika, you, you obviously yourself. Slagging me off again. We go, fair play to him, mate. You've done amazing. And it's really, really rewarding because you haven't gone the normal path of football, as in, you know, yeah. well, obviously you went to Cardiff City. And, and for a lot of people after that ending, it's kind of like, well, where's next? But you um, yeah. probably, probably shows the character of you as a person, Mika, just... You never give up on a dream. Yeah, I'll be honest though. Um, I kind of did give up a little bit at the, at the very start in terms of after I left Cardiff, um, as I was 18. Um, obviously, I had a two-year scholarship. And then after that, I think that was a bit of disappointment in myself in terms of not getting that new deal. Cardiff being from Bajan, obviously the whole family sports Cardiff, being at Cardiff for four or five years, thinking you know, that's where you want to obviously progress mm. in terms of football. Um, and then obviously when I didn't get released, oh, when I did get released, um, it came to a moment where what's next? Um, and I think that was, people always ask me like, what's, what's your biggest disappointment in life in terms of football mm. or the, your biggest, um, point in career where you think it was the biggest downer, you know, and I think probably that time, because I, I could just remember the time, you know, I didn't know what to do next. I didn't know where to carry on playing. I didn't know where to go to uni. I didn't know if I want to go back to Thailand, I, I really didn't know. And I think it took me a whole month, obviously the summer and, and being back in Bajan with all the boys, I think, you know, I just went partying and enjoying yourself, 18 year old lad, you know how it is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it just, I just decided to go to university, but I think that was probably, going to uni, I'll be honest, was probably taking the easy way out because I just didn't want to be disappointed again by going on trial because I had offers to go to Bristol City, Bristol Rovers, Plymouth, you know, all these clubs, you know, like Cheltenham, all these clubs nearby. Because um, obviously playing for Cardiff, uh, we were in the top tier in terms mm. of the academy. And all these clubs, at the time, knew I was playing for the Wales in the 17s. And they obviously wanted me, you know, some of them were proper interest, some of them wanted me on, on trial. And I'll be honest, I just didn't want a disappointment. I just don't want to know. So I just thought, you know, I'll go for, to uni for, for two years. And that was, uh, that was it, really. I went to uni and, and carry on playing at, well, back then it was, having leader with the boys in Panamont, you know what I mean? So just, just to get the fun back into it because obviously leaving Cardiff, I got a bit sad. And obviously mm -hmm. that's, that was that was the biggest stumbling block in my career, I think. Yeah, wow. It's so true what you just said then, the regarding, um, the, obviously the more professional the level gets, not so much, well, would you say the fun, I found the more serious it gets and the high pressure things get, 
yeah and you get those setbacks you know you you want to go back to the roots of the why of why we play yeah 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 can you relate to that at all obviously that's what it was it was it was exactly that may be honest here because at the time Cardiff went through a massive change I don't knew I don't remember I don't know if you'll recall but my year really everybody got released of having Chris Kemper just because they were trying to make money for Jimmy Florida Bank and uh, Robbie Fowler to come in and so they wasn't taking any you know young boys on to be young pros because normally you have that year after scholarship to get a one-year pro just to see if you can develop an extra year and all of us got released and like I said I just at the time I thought you know a lot of the boys got released at the same time as me as well and we just all went to play in the Welsh League so at the time it was I remember when we all went to Wallido I was like 18 we were all 18 years old for, like either play for Wales at the 17 mm-hmm. level or play for Cardiff play for Swansea and we all just kind of came and and made a team together in in in, in um in Avonlea and we actually won the Welsh Cup we were the youngest, I think, youngest team to win the Welsh Cup in the Welsh League Cup. I mean, not the Welsh Cup, yeah, the Welsh yeah. League Cup, you know. In the, so it's, it's yeah, it was fun. It was a great year. I think that's what, I think that that year made me obviously want to go back into professional football. Just I realised that, you know, in, in the nicest of way, I don't want to be playing Welsh, you know, Division 1 for the rest of my life. Right. Um, so I think that was, that was actually something I needed just to show me that this is what you really want. And obviously that kicked me Keep me back into professional football and give me the opportunity to come back to Thailand at the time to to, to go back into full time. Yeah, wow, it's amazing that is, and it just yeah. Sometimes our setbacks are our biggest biggest things that bring yep. us back into our you know moving forward again, like a spring. It's like yeah. a trampoline springing us back into action. And obviously, yeah, you and you know, sorry, and you know, it's like when we're young. You know, obviously, you know, you're the same. You know, rugby has always been like you know all this, all that. You know, and let's, let's be honest. When we are young age, everyone always looks at us like, oh, yeah, you'll, you'll make it. And a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people are waiting, waiting for you to fail. Oh, yeah. It's because you're either, because you're either, you know, a lot of jealousy. You know, For me, I find a lot of that back because obviously I had, I had the upbringing of being in Thailand for the first 10 years of my life where the culture is a little bit different. And I mean, back in the UK where, again, it's a different culture. It's very much like, you know, everybody pushing each other there's a lot of jealousy and stuff like that and you know people are just obviously a lot of time they're not really happy for you to succeed but they're obviously waiting for you to fail just to say oh yeah I knew you wouldn't be able to do it and you know us being how we were back then I can remember being 17, 18 you know you're not just doing it for yourself you're obviously trying to do it to prove that people are wrong but if you look mm-hmm. at it from a different mentality you should just focus on yourself really but being 17, 18 it's, it's not that easy to look back and then say oh I should have done this or that because you're growing up in that environment. It's you know it's doggy dog world, and at that time, like I said, I just don't want to fail more than at the time. I remember I don't want to fail again, rather than I really want to succeed. Mm. But I knew I had it myself what I want to do, what I want to be, and I just needed that maybe six months to realize that yeah, you know, like in a nicer way, like I don't really care what the people think. Yeah, yeah I'm just gonna go back to it and have a go at it, and I know what I can do, and just focus on that. But I think because of the first major setback. You know, it's always, it's always difficult with the first major setback because everything in your life, whether it's been like school team, football, rugby, everyone always say, "Oh yeah, he's class, he's class." He's, you know, it's you know how it is. Oh, for and, sure. And uh, I think yeah, that was the biggest disappointment. I think just because I just thought you know, other people probably just are probably happy now, and so it's one of those <laughs> ones really. It's a weird. Man, one. I can relate to that so much. <clears throat> I think it took me a lot longer to realize it though. What I realized when people wanted to see you fail it was actually a reflection of themselves because they weren't capable. Yeah. And once yeah. I realized that it was kind of like a smiling moment that go, it took a weight off my chest because 
yeah, of course, when you're younger, your self-awareness to those things isn't quite there. So you, you're just going, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove you wrong. And you yeah, know, some of those people in that card city situation would have gone, I told you so, you know, cause that's a massive pull yeah. to play for Cardiff. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. a couple of times a question, but th- th- you don't realize those character, those moments there define you as a person. Then those hardships yeah. um, take you to that next level then. And um, it's pretty powerful. Would you say, obviously it's exterior things, but would you say your family are very, like, were they a, a family where they're pushing you to do succeed or were they like, you do whatever you want, Mika? If I'm, if I'm really honest, I'd probably say no. I'd probably say it was more so in terms of just myself. I think my family were like, you know, whatever you think, whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy. I think from the age of 16, since I was at Cardiff, um, you know, you kind of grown up, you know, in, uh, you have to grow up with early doors really because I was in professional setup. I was working full time, you're training every day, you're at the age of 16, you're there. Um, you're pretty much taking care of yourself. You know, family is always going to be there. But when it comes to decisions in terms of your life and football, mm. I think any day is your decision. You know, you always have family saying, yeah, whatever you think is best. You know, they, you know, you being 17, 18, you kind of think you know what's, what's best for yourself anyway. You know, you obviously ask for advice here and there. But I think in terms of the family side, I think people just say, you know, whatever you think, you know, you, you're mature enough, you know, you're... I would like to think that I'm uh, a type of person who can make my own decisions, if you know what I mean. So mm. I think the people around me, of course, they always support what I decide to do. And especially when I decided to go to university, I just knew it was, it was, it was a step that I, I wanted to take in terms of, you know, those two years having something behind me, which right now, mm. right now, by the age of 34, I'm actually using that two years to go back and do my A license right now. And I, people I met in university doing the football coaching performance course, doing my C license, B license back then, it allows me now, 15 mm. years later, to go back and do my A license, which I'm doing right now. So Amazing. everything kinds of everything kind of works itself in, in you know in, in a big circle. And and yeah, I think it was the right decision. I think it was in the, at the end of the day it was my decision. And like I said, I think I made the decision for myself just to make sure that to keep keep going and and do the thing at least if I fail. I fail because I want to fail, not because I'm trying to prove everybody else right or wrong. You know what I mean? Because I wanted to make sure that I did it for myself and have no regrets. And yeah. I think that's what I had the first six months after stopping, really. Mm. I think one of my mentors once said to me, if you're ever going to fail, fail forward, fail trying instead of failing backwards, you know? Exactly, exactly. And I think with everyone, you know, I'm looking at my mates back home. You know, you can never compare life and situation. I had a great opportunity to have the time to play, obviously, because I'm half Thai. So, obviously, with the Thai passport, I came back here and, and played in the league. But a lot of boys, great footballers, great rugby players, you know exactly what it is. Sometimes, mm. if they fail once, they they just kind of just stop and yeah. just decide to either go play the locals with the boys for the next 10, 15 years, thinking it's the, it's the next best thing to do. But, you know, I'm sure for the next generation, I would say, get out of Bridgen, get out of Wales, experience life outside. Yeah. And, you know, I think five times out of 10, the people probably won't want to come back. Mm, so true. So I would I, I would say that, you know. I, I know, I agree with you, man. I think everyone needs to get out that, you know, the goldfish bowl of our area and, yep. and, and evolve yep. as a person because I think some yep. people, as you know, Mika, we can, we can sit in comfort as well, mm-hmm. the comfort of feeling good in an area, yep. like a big fish in a small yep. pond. Exactly. Yeah, big wild world out there and realize what's there. But um, moving forward for yourself. So after Avalido, is that where the offer then after that went to go to Thailand? Yeah, no, I think that the, the offer to Thailand came actually, it came pretty much straight away as well um, when I left Cardiff. 
but I just knew being 18, I didn't really want to do that yet. I want to enjoy myself with my friends, go to university. After the first year, the Thai national team in the 19s called me up and said, you know, do you want to come back to play with the national team? I said, no, I want to have another year in uni. And then I decided after my second year, okay, this year I'll go back to Thailand at the age of, yeah, just before I was turning 20, really. Mm. I said, yeah, I'll go back now just to um, just have a go at it. And I went to Thailand and I came back home because obviously I'm from Thailand as well. I'm half mm. Thai. Lived here in the first 10 years of my life before I went back to Bajan. Um, so I was coming back on holiday anyway. And when I was here during that summer after the second year uni, I thought, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll see what it's like. Have a month here, train with one of the teams that wanted me, one of the top teams, and really enjoyed it. Just didn't realize how good the, the level was, the league was, the fans, the professionalism. I thought, yeah, I'll give it a year. And they offered me three years. I said, no, I just want to take a year. Just, just like it's like a gap year for me. I could go back to uni to finish my third year. 13 years later, I'm still here. So <laughs> something must have gone right. So that's that's what it was, really. It was, just, it was year after year after year, really. Just, just wanted to make uh-huh. sure that. I stayed, you know. Well, you, you, you quickly became a star over there, mate. That's the, the <laughs> sugar-coated. How, mm. from someone from, you know, from, from Virginia, say then, to go over there and then just probably experience some of the highs you probably never experienced before? No. How do you go with managing that? I'll be honest, the first two, three years, it was like, I was like, it was like, wow, this is unbelievable. So many fans, billboards. the media, the interview, the billboards. Um, I was like being half Thai, be able to speak Thai. For them, it was, it was, it was different because obviously as being a half, being the first half boy playing in the league and, and it was like, for them, it was like a new, I don't know, it was like a, like a new, new pin that was in the guy. It was like weird for me. I was like, I didn't look at myself that way at all, but for the fans, I just couldn't believe how crazy they were. Mm. If I was really honest, and it was fun the first two years, I'll be honest with you. And I just thought yeah, it was new, and then afterwards, you realize, yeah, this is just part of part of the game, and just enjoy it. And I just really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because well, I'm just drinking water. Because if you compared it to obviously come from the card, if you're still in the youth set up there, but then you go, <clears> is the fan base totally different? Oh. My first year in Mung Tong, 10,000, 8,000, 5,000. We had a final. It was like just over 20,000. It was unbelievable. First year. I was like, this is where I want to be in. This environment. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I had a bad fall for the last two days. So <laughs> oh, mate, I'm just going to give it. <laughs> no, mate, that's fine. The, the struggle I've had on to get this no. this place. Yeah, I mean, no, it's fine. Like The fans, the first year, I was... I was enjoying it so much. I was saying to my family back home in the gym, I was like, you wouldn't believe it. And I remember I was obviously posting photos and people like, you've been lying last year. 200 fans on, you know, down, down Brim Ferry and down the Penabond and Goitra and some of that. And it's now you're playing in Bangkok with 15,000 fans. You know, it's, it's hard to explain. And it's like, I just told myself after the first year, I said, I can't go back now. Mm. And I had offers to stay and I spoke to my family. I said, look, I might just stay another year. It's just so good. And the money side of it wasn't bad as well. And I said, you know, it's, it just makes sense. It's professional. It's full-time. And it's just the whole package. All, of course, you know, it's not obviously not being back home, playing professionally in Championship or League One. Like I honestly say, Thailand football, they fall in the league. So the the media, the TV, all games are live on TV. You know, the media follows his own league. Like everything was just so good in terms of that side of it that 
it was such an enjoyable experience of being 20, 21 years old. Yeah. It was something that was like living in Bangkok by myself. I was like, it was an opportunity just, just to keep on like riding it really and just enjoying it. And of course, you know, you got to do the business on the field, which I was happy to say that I was obviously enjoying and playing a lot of games and doing quite well. So that kept me here for until now, really. Yeah. You, you need to realize as well, I hope you do realize it, Mika, that uh, you, you don't realize how many people you've impacted that have that dream, that desire, and, you know, shows that, you know, if we do have obstacles in the way in our road, that you can still turn up and keep going forward. And um, I hope you know that, mate. I know sometimes... Yeah, you... no, I, pre- I appreciate, no, I appreciate that. Honestly, a lot, of, a lot of my friends have the same thing. Like, you know, obviously a lot of boys from the gym know who I am, where I came from, to where I have, you know, I haven't changed, but I think a lot of people said, they just can't believe I kept going by myself, you know, because... And the day after I was 20, I was finished by myself here in Thailand. Yeah. And there was times when my mates are back home, going out, going partying in uni and going holiday here and there. And I'm stuck, you know, in a room in Bangkok by myself playing a team halfway across the country, which I never heard of. And this, <clears throat> it was one of the sacrifices. And, you know, I'm still sacrificing it now. I'm 30, 34. But all these sacrifices because of the love of the game and obviously for everything that I've done. And, and like I said, you know, I, I've, I've had no regrets and I'm very grateful. And a lot of people I said to them before, don't let one person or two person in your life say to you, you can't do something or say you're not good enough because it's just maybe one person's opinion or two person's opinion. Right. So that's all there is. You know, sometimes you might have unlucky in me a coach who don't like you, releases you. Doesn't mean you're shit. Yeah. So, so simple true. as that, really. Just one moment. <laughs> that's all you need, right? Like there's, there's a part of just that t- right timing the right coach, because yeah. how many, man, we have so many coaches over there. Like I've had so many coaches who didn't agree with me, but, and that's okay. That's their opinion. And yeah. you've got to bite exactly. the bullet sometimes and, and try, try another avenue. Um, and I think one thing you just said, then I can resonate with massively is sacrifices. Um, if you yeah. ever want to do something in life, which is purposeful and has some meaning to it, you've got to make sacrifices. Like how many, how, how many lads holidays have I missed out on? How many times <clears throat> have I seen amazing things happen? I've missed out on and you you know, but you gotta, you know what I'm saying, so. Mate, it's like I said, you know, never had really a boys holiday. You know, especially when I came over to Thailand. My season ran from February until November, so it was half because I was always smack bang in the middle of my season. Yeah. Um, Miss birthdays, Christmas, weddings, you know, friends' weddings. It's, it's one of those moments where you can't just say, oh, I have a game this weekend, can I miss it? Mm. So, you know, these are, these are sacrifices we made, but obviously I will never never say that, oh my God, you know, my life is terrible because football, being a footballer, playing professionally, doing things you love, getting paid very well, it's the best job in the world. Correct. So you can't have everything in life and, you know, these sacrifices, they make it up for other times when you have time off and enjoy with your family and stuff like that. And yeah, I think a sacrifice that is this worth it for me and, you know, people got to realize that, you know, you can't have everything your own way. Mm. Who's been someone you've looked up to as in someone who's <clears throat> or a mentor? And why? Oh, that's a hard, that's a... Welcome to the hot that's seat. A, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a difficult one. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I had, a, I had an interview on TV the other day and I, someone asked me the same question. Obviously, someone who I knew. And I'll be honest, it was a difficult one because 
I grew up in Bujang with our father, really, because my father was in Thailand. Um, so my mum brought me back there. I would probably say my granddad was one of the one of the guys who I looked up to the most. And obviously, mm-hmm. he actually recently passed away. So mm-hmm. it's one of those ones where it's a weird one because we were growing up in Bujang. Um, I left Thailand, came back there with my mum, my me and my brother, and yeah, just my mum by herself, really. And I think my granddad came to watch me play football all the time down Bujang, down Newbridge Field, and everywhere when he was always there. So he was always someone I think I took a lot from because he was always like, you know, man up, you know, <laughs> you know, one of those style, like, you know, it's, it's one of those ones where he's, he was tough, but he was tough in a good way. And I think he just made me tough for who I am. And, you know, just to, not to rely on sometimes on other people too much, be your own self, make your own path. Mm. And of course, you know, just got to take care of people. So I think he's someone who I would probably say that I look up to one of the most. Amazing. I love that. I love that. Yeah, what about yourself? What about yourself? Someone I look up to most. Obviously, because we know we, we, we're both athletes. Yeah. You know, we always have the, oh, yeah, Steven Gerrard or something yeah. like this and that. You always have that one person in your life. You always say, oh, I hope I don't let him down. Or I don't let mm. her down or something like that. So it's... So good, really good question. I've asked you without even considering it myself, but I'd say... Um, Probably just, it would always be family, mate. Like growing up, yeah. sacrifices yeah. did for me. But I think as well, I, I spoke about this previously, like my biggest fear at the same time was like, a, it was a, a great and a bad thing because I never wanted to let them down. Like yeah, that fear of, from a young age, like you talked about earlier in the chat is, or oh, Mika or Ollie's going to make it or Mika's going to make it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was yeah. this, it was this exterior pressure that I felt that without even saying the word, I felt that this, if I didn't make it, it would have been hard. Um, but yeah. they were my biggest drivers, but they were probably the people I want to make them the proudest. But yeah. yeah. And, and then, and then when I went away, it was kind of self-motivated. Like, I don't know about you when you went to Thailand, there was a lot of times where I had to motivate myself. Like it wasn't like a, yeah. you know, and, and you, you, you know, you can get a bit of a cycle when you're really young going to another country. Like I left when I was 19, just the, the, the you know, the, the why behind everything had to be extremely strong. Yeah. So. No, there was moments here in Thailand. I was always by myself and thinking, is it worth it? You know, why we like, it's going, it's going to be tough. Moments. You know, in sports, you go to tough moments all the time. You know, after every win is a high, after every low is, uh, every loss is a low. And, mm. I think just just realizing that they're not giving up was was something that I always look back on and say, yeah, that's, that's, I'm proud of myself for that. Because, you know, being by yourself, sometimes you are by yourself, mm-hmm. you know, here, you know, seven hours, eight hours ahead of back home. Um, back, you know, and it's, you know, trying to speak to friends, family back then, it's, it's, it wasn't as easy as now with like, you know, FaceTime and stuff like that, you're away for MSN or Skype and stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know, back, back then it wasn't easy, you know, 15 years ago. So, it's uh, it's something I'm proud. I've, I'm I always say to myself, I'm proud of myself in terms of how I, I stayed to it and I stuck at it through the tough times. And and people always see the success story, but they don't see how hard we were to get where we are. They don't see it, the sacrifice we made. You know, um, right. the daily lifestyle, what we do, every, you know, daily in terms of our training, our eating, our, our diet, and so that's you know, it's everything that you do to to give yourself the best chance of of succeeding. And you know, people always say, oh, um the easy and the, or, or oh because you're so lucky you know you have this you have but you know you make your own luck i feel you know you make your own luck in terms of eat i said to everyone the way i eat now 
and the way I train now, of course, they would change and, and differ a little bit in terms of with age and experience and all that. But my attitude and my the way I train and the way I take care of my body hasn't changed since I was eighteen. Mm. And you know, the when I what time I wake up, what I do, when I eat, how much I eat, when I when I drink, when I don't drink, it's when I rest. It's, everything is always geared around football, and my family knows that, and you know, my wife knows that, and and everyone is it's important to have the people around you that support that, and you know, you got friend, you got to get people around you to support that because you know it's so easy to get straight away by influences and, and stuff like that and you know end of the day you just got to stick to what's right for you and the people around you and support you are the, are the people who, who care about you the most so true do you, how would you how do you go about the, like dealing with the anxieties and the nerves of a game and just trying to channel that in especially in the big games you know the rival matches or you know finals I'll be honest at, at the very start I never really got nervous playing football. Um, um, it was a weird one because I enjoyed it so much that, and I knew I was, when I go into the games, I was, if I did bad or if I did well or whatever, it was just, it was just a game really. Yeah. And I think the more I stayed in town, the, the, the more, the higher I played, the more fans, the more the, the media, the more the, the the money that was involved in the game and then realize the bigger contract, you know, people are buying, you know, I was getting bought for, you know, sometimes 40, 50,000 pounds. And at the time, it doesn't seem a lot, but there's a lot of money over here oh, in Thailand. You think, oh, definitely it is. And then, and then you, and then you start having, you know, media, sometimes bad game being scrutinized because you don't really, I never really read the, you know, I never really read the media and stuff like that. Or, or every time you have a good game, you have a look, oh, how, you know, I want to see now how, how well I've done. When you have a bad game, you don't want to see. But sometimes, when it's right there in front of you, I think more so the external pressure from the fans mm. or what they're saying about you gets you down more than what actually was what is the nerve before the game. Mm. So, you know, I, one of my one of the best advice my my agent ever told me he said, "Make sure never read the, the media, never read the paper, never do anything." I guess because you know it could be a twelve year old kid back home listening to someone saying something and then typing exactly exactly what they say they don't even know anything about football and everything about rugby and then you read that and you take it to heart like oh my god i can't believe this guy is saying that i'm the worst player he's ever seen in his life yeah then, like it's just stuff like that so it's so true. i think i think I, I don't really get nervous i think it was the stage where i was caring a lot about what the fans would say if i had a bad game or or having like stuff like that really more so and I would say that the only time I got nervous was probably for Thai national team in the penalty shootout in one of the semifinals of the competition. I could, I always remember that moment. It's like sixty thousand people in the stadium. You know, half millions of people in the area. Say like sixty million people watching in the country, and I'm like, that moment. Every now I look. Every time I think back about that moment, my my palms sweat. Like just thinking about the moment, I know exactly how I felt. It's the only moment I've ever felt nervous at the. At that moment, and looking back, I'm still getting nervous about it. It's weird. <laughs> Amazing, though. It's, it's a weird it's feeling. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. I think it's it's well, it's obviously representing your country. But yeah, with the nerves, I think with age, and mm. I can't really recall going back how I really felt before. Mm. Because I remember I just enjoyed the game so much that I didn't really get nervous. You have nerves, it's good nerves, but it wasn't like making me stress to the fact that. Oh my god, I'm I'm gonna be like it was it was like I was always excited, I was always enjoying. It was a nice nerve, I would say. But um now being, you know, 33, 34, played over 15, 10, 15 years in the Thai Premier League, over three hundred games, it's 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 not nerves anymore, it's just excitement really. It's mm -hmm. it's part of the game. But I would say it's a good 
it's a good nerve to have, you know, because you always got to be in your toes. Otherwise, you're not you're not doing the thing you love them. Of course, of course. So what about yourself? What about yourself? Do you ever get nervous in games? And uh... um, I think as I got older, than when I was younger, it was just the nerves of probably so young and getting that opportunity. And I was just getting mm-hmm. nervous of making sure I fill the boots of the person before me. But as I get older, it was probably more about, um, I'd get like the little anxieties of injuries, like niggles, and then going, okay. um, what would that, you know, how would that correlate into the game? But then I think I used to just, with those thoughts, you know, three three ACL surgeries on the same knee. Um, ankle, three ACL? Yeah, three ACLs on the right knee. My uh, God. Yeah, so like patella, hamstring, two hamstring grafts and a patella rico. You know, you start questioning stuff with it. But then I think I, I got into a place, I got, I'm, I'm very big into meditation, journaling. And yeah. I used to just tell myself, you know, like in, I never used to think about it in training. It would just be on the way to the game that I'd get that that feeling of, oh, you might get injured or you might do your knee again. But then I got realized that that's just a thought. That's not what's actually true. So it was kind of like breaking it down. Yeah. What's in my control and what's not in my control and what's actually true and what's not. And I would just break it down like that. But uh, to be honest, man, as I've got older, I think you're a bit street smarter to um, what you need to do. Exactly. You don't have to run around the yeah. sh- around the place like a bull in a china shop. You just have to do your job, yeah. and you know, yeah. Uh, that just like you said, comes at age. What was um? Fun. What was your thought after the second time you did it? Second time I did it, um, it was more the sinking feeling of what is about to come. I did it and I stepped off it and it just went, but the pain just went away straight away. And I thought, oh, I may have, but I've just tweaked it. But then it blew up at the game. I had the surgery and I'll, I'll be honest, I, I was a bit lost at the time because I was in Australia. I was 23, no one around me again. Yeah. Just um, a lot of dark times because it's like a 12 month rehab. If you do it, you know, they say nine yeah. to 12 months. Nine um, to 12 months, yeah. And, and it just questioned me again of, if I want to go down this road again, because the first time I did it was 18. So I did it then at 23 and I did it at 25. Yeah. What's been your wrist injury? I would say my shoulder. Um, it was, it was, uh, I think it was an AC joint. Is it an AC mm-hmm. joint? I think I ruptured the, all the ligaments off my shoulder. Uh, and it was the heart. It was, it was uh, yeah, it was, I had, I've had, I've had knee surgery, but it's just a small keyhole surgery yeah. a few months. It wasn't anything crazy, but. The shoulder surgery, I think, was the worst one. I just actually came back from one of the biggest tournaments, the Asian Cup of Thailand, mm. which is like the Euros um, over here, yeah. equivalent of the Euros. And literally my first, my second game back with my team and just just popped, just literally fell on it. Someone fell on top of me and my shoulder just went like up. I thought it was collarbone, but I said, no, it's just your AC joint just gone. Yeah, wow. Yeah, just completely, yeah, I got a surgery on it completely. Yeah, you can probably see it. It's yeah, it's, it's, see it really it's, uh, it's it's okay now for mobility and all stuff like that. But um, at the time, I think it was four or five months just just because you know to try to get back running on it to have you know to be able to push off on it to run properly. It was, I think it was the worst injury I had. I I could play football with the boys now and again, but I just couldn't compete. Yeah. Um, to play with the team just just because like it wasn't ready all the time. And the hardest part was I did it at the start of the season. So I missed literally half the season just ah. just by sitting out, and that's that's probably the worst injury I've had. Yeah, yeah. Been yeah. lucky with injuries, to be fair. So that's a great one. But to be fair, it seems like yeah. you <clears throat> like what would you say your playing weight is? What are you playing at normally? Seventy-two kilos. Yeah, so weight. I'm just well, I'm one one eighty, so it's a good weight for me in terms of um, 
being out here in Thailand, you know, when I first came to Thailand, being a Bajan boy, I was just on a weights all the time. And I remember just trying to get big and trying to get strong. But so true. I think I first came out, I came out here and I was 80 kilos. I remember 80 kilos and, um, yeah, just too heavy. I think in terms of being back in, in, in Wales or in, in Britain, and, you know, you want to be big and strong for the challenges. But here in Thailand, the game is so fast and so, Mm. Yeah, it's on the floor. You don't really use you know the size so much. So I just, I just year after year, I just kept on getting smaller, smaller. You know, yeah. you kind of just with the heat and you know, the humidity as well. Um, yeah. Now the last, I would say, the last five six years, I've been at seventy two kilos, seventy three wow. kilos. So it's it's a good way. Yeah, feel good. Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. And obviously, I think with age as well, the, the the older you get, the more experienced you become. You know right. what you need to do. Don't I don't really go and just start lifting weights anymore. Oh. Just you know, with the way the training is now, with all the movement specific stuff and plyometrics and all the yeah. the functional stuff, it's you know it makes most it's it helps with injury prevention as well. So we were talking about before this podcast as well, just um you know your career like at the moment you you were obviously nine years with Bangkok and then moved over to your new yeah. <clears throat> the last three months is it lump how do you pronounce it again sorry lump lumpur warriors so <clears throat> it's one of those ones where so they're new in the league um came up last year. Uh, I've been with Bangkok and I, the um, top three team in the in the country really for the last nine ten years. So that's that's where I was at, and I was really doing really well there with the team, being captain, vice captain, you know, club captain as well. And and my contract ran out last season in December, and and yeah, I was going to stop playing. So three months ago, I was going to stop playing. Obviously, at the moment, I'm doing my UEFA license, and you know, two kids, finish building my house on the island in Samui, and I have a lot. Of, stuff outside of football as well that I'm working on. So I was going to stop just because I thought, you know, it was time to enjoy my family. I just had a new baby in December mm. as well, newborn baby. So the timing I thought was right. But um, yeah, I just spoke to my family again in December. And, you know, my wife said to me, you know, you sure you want to stop? You're only 33 years old, you know, physically. And honestly, I would say physically, I'm still very good you know I win all the all the testing you know they call me James in in Thailand because all the testing I win all the big tests your yo-yo the fat test every every test I'm still number one all the time and that's just the way I looked after my body really I, I I've always been like that it doesn't matter if you know I play or I don't play I'm always trying to take care of my body the best possible and, and the, my friends and family said just have another challenge just another year why not try something different maybe you might enjoy it because you've been in one surrounding for so long I wasn't really open to like trying to do something else mm. or play or play with another team. So yeah, I had three, four offers, solid offers. I had a lot of interest, but um, Lampoon is in Chiang Mai. And if you know anything about Thailand, mm. the two places to live in, in in Thailand is either Bangkok or Chiang Mai because it's oh. the biggest city, apart, apart from the island. And obviously yeah. I'm from the island, Koh Samui. And, and yeah, Lampoon, they came up last year and, you know, they got, they got a great project ahead of them, you know, building a new stadium, a new training ground. The, you know, the, the investors are putting money into the team. And, and yeah, so I decided to came up here in January. And, and yeah, it's been a good, a good, good three months. I've, you know, been enjoying it and signed an 18 months contract. So let's see what's going to happen. But let's see. I'll be 35 by that time. So I think I think I might call it a day after 35. So let's just see. But I'm really enjoying it, like I said, and still still fit so no no injuries so I'm just going to keep going as long I'm just going to take it month by month year by year now I'm not going to look too far ahead really just going to enjoy the moment amazing I love that be enjoying the moment being present and you never know the way you're going with these testings and, and your fitness making <laughs> your 40 odds <laughs> uh, no I mean I honestly I think 35 36 that's good to me 
be on the beach, the house is ready, the, the kids are going to be, grow- I, I think, like you said about sacrifice, you know, I just, you know, I'm here now, obviously in Chiang Mai, my family just actually went back to the island. So, you know, I said to my wife that it's, it's good to keep on playing, but I don't want to be away from them for months because, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not good to keep them traveling around as well. So family is important. And I think, you know, I've always, they've always put me first into my football. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll play for another year and I think then it's time for the family first. Maybe we go travel around the world for a year or two. Oh, mate, amazing. Well, you definitely earn, you've earned it and you've worked your butt off. And um, this is this our time is about to run out, but it's been... Yeah, do you carry on. Oh, if you want to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can go on. We can... We'll keep rolling and then uh, we'll kick it on after this as well. But, um, mate, it's been it's been actually amazing because it's just great to see what you've done, you know. Like, like you talk about your family now a little bit, but, you know, like you say, making sacrifices. And I think people don't understand that concept with, with sports. You Like, you know, you, people move to other clubs, move to locations, and there's a family yeah. of kids that come with that. And, you know, you've got to look after both sides of the party then. Yeah, yeah. I got married four years ago, so, you know, now I've been with my wife, well, we've been together for seven, eight years, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty lucky that she's obviously half Thai as well. She knows the culture. She knows the situation in Thailand. She knows how I am in terms of my football and how my mentality is, and she's fully supported. She's an actress, so she knows um, that, you know, the sacrifice to go into hard work and stuff like that. And, and yeah, so, and it's lucky as well because her work is very much... Um, how the hell say is very flexible. She doesn't have to be in one place at the same time. So we were lucky because we've been living in Bangkok for the last seven years. So the moving around it wasn't so much. We have we have a house in Bangkok. We have a house on the island of Samui. Because obviously my missus is an actress over here in Thailand, and you know she's she's uh the last I say three years. I'm obviously having two kids now. She's kind of decided to stop uh, with the work in terms of doing the actual filming of of movies and TV shows and. And she's still doing events and stuff like that. But um but yeah, obviously I know she's given up a lot for for the family in terms of that. But um she's enjoyed traveling. Obviously, Chiang Mai being a part of the country, she really wanna come and stay and and visit and this is an amazing place to live for the kids as well. So we're taking this as like a a year out in, in terms of experience of traveling and seeing something different in Bangkok, because obviously we have a home in Bangkok and in Samui. So yeah, it's been really good three months. She was up here for three months with the kids. They've gone back now for another month until my season finished. But yeah, it's 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 it's, it's like I said, family comes first now for me. Obviously, football, you know, you're at the very end of, of your career. I still give 100%. I'm still professional. I do everything properly. But obviously, you have to take into consideration with you know other people around you. And, you know, family for me now is, is number one. So true. Do, do you, I was going to ask you something about football. It's amazing as well. There's so many avenues I can actually ask about that football with your partner being an actress, you know, dealing with the, the limelight of that. There's two superstars in one house. How do you deal with that? <laughs> yeah, no, actually, it was, it was, it was crazy because, um, like, when I first met Taya, I didn't actually know who she was and, and she didn't know who I was. But um, uh, she's one of the biggest stars in, in Thailand in, terms of in, in, in the industry. You know, when we first met, she was one of these... Uh, Actress has been around since she was 12, 13, being in big movies, big, uh, big TV shows. And yeah, when we first, when we first met, we first kind of got together. Um, I was actually in the moment I was playing for the national team. So obviously the media coverage around me was, was quite a bit as well. And, and yeah, we kept it quiet for the first, I would say, year. Mm. Um, just because we didn't want to obviously um, put pressure on ourselves and, 
and the people around us and our family. But uh, once the media found out, yeah, it was it was it was nice. It was nice because the media both know our characters and both know who we are and both know our personalities. So they were really, you know, the media can break the break you or make you. And we're lucky enough for me and for Taya, the media was fully supportive and and they were very nice to us. And and yeah, it was it's been a, it's been an incredible like seven years really together and hopefully you know many more. Amazing, amazing. I love it. I love it. There's um, another question as well. Do you ever find as well, as, as you've got older now and matured as a footballer, um, it's when you start looking around the changing room and you were once that young player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you something, you know, the funny thing is about that is I've always been the joker. I've always been the one who's always kind of tried to make sure, like, you know, I joke with the youngest boy in the room to the senior boy, to the foreigners, because obviously speaking two languages and, yeah. and being that middle person for everyone. Um, in Thailand and in other cu cultures in Asia, you know, the, the young boys always respect the senior guys just because of the way they are in Thailand and, and, and of, of course, our Asian country. But I always said to the young boys, just just pretend I was a foreigner. So you can treat me exactly how you want. You can banter me, you can do everything. Yeah, yeah. And they, they take it seriously, man. They, they joke me all the time. They always, <laughs> always pranking me. But uh, no, it's... it's it's good. I always, it feels like it keeps me young. I think that's, that's the one thing that my wife and people around me ask me the most about what I think I'll miss when I finish football. I don't think I'll miss football in terms of the game itself, just because I've given so much to the game. I've, I've given, I've given to the game to the point where I know that when I stop playing, I've given everything and I would have no regrets. Amazing. And I think that was the one thing that I was worried myself most if, if I did have to stop one day or if I, I did stop, would I look back and have any regrets? But, you know, every day in training is 120%. Everything I do outside of football is about football. And and I know the moment I walk away from the game is I won't want to be back playing, if you know what I mean. I just know for a fact that I've given everything. But I think I just miss the changing room and the banter with the boys. Yeah. I think that's the one thing I'll miss the most. I said to, them, I said to my missus, when, when I go on holiday for a month or two months and I don't see, speak to the boys, I said, I look forward to going back to pre-season just to see the boys. Yeah. Just to have that that bad in the changing room, so I think that's what I miss the most. I think, and and being a senior boy now, I said, like I said, you know, I'm 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 always in the middle of it, all the banter and all the jokes. So it's it's always nice to, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to be the young boy one time when everyone picks on you, and still being a senior boy and everyone <laughs> still picks on you. So it, it it's good, it's good, it's a good environment to be in, especially the culture in Thailand, because everyone's kind of like a family club over here. I know in in Europe and UK it's different. You kind of like. You're there, but then you're kind of by yourself. But here, you know, people always have dinners together, team dinner. We, we do it once a week and stuff like that. So it, it's, it's a culture, really. Amazing. And you need to build that to, to have a successful team. Yeah. The culture. Yeah. And, I'll, be, I'll be in around football, hopefully, when I finish with my, doing my badge and, and stuff like that. But I think that's the one thing. I think if I take, take away from the game, if I, if I step away from the game for a few years, I think that's what I miss the most. It's, uh, it's, I, think, I think you'll miss, them. You'll miss that as yeah. well when you eventually stop. Oh, mate, the, the, the banter you get from, from rugby, like the joking and that, you can't, I can't, like, if you've never been in that environment, it's hard to explain to someone like... It's, it's hard, yeah, it's hard the, to explain to people. The things that goes on, the things that people say to each other, sometimes it's like a no limit, there's no line, like... Yeah, it is. if you're in an office doing that, you know. Yeah, of course, if it's, if it's a camera, I think a lot, a lot of the boys would get sacked and arrested, I'm sure it is, but um, <laughs> it's, it's the way it is, you know, it's, I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's a culture within football and rugby and I think, you know, you bring the people together and I think, you know, people always look back and say, oh, you remember that time? You remember that time? You know, yeah. I don't really think in any other working environment, I don't think it's as good as being a professional sports. Mm. 
How's the family as well? I know, I know Jesse and that. Are they all over there? Or they send yeah, so Jess is, Jess is on the island. So obviously we're both, we're both from Costa Mui. Um, my house in Costa Mui is finished now last year. Jess is there in Costa Mui. My mum was over here. Um, I was in Chiang Mai, but she goes, no, I'm going to go to your house in Costa Mui, all right? So she was by the pool <laughs> for like a month. Um, so she enjoyed that. But yeah, the family, I always try to bring my mum over. She always say, oh, do you want to go back to Bujan? I'm like, I'd rather just fly you out to Thailand. Yeah, yeah. And me go back to Bajan. So um the family well, Jess is doing well. He's been here. I brought him over here, I would say around six years, five, six years ago, just to give him um a different life than obviously Bajan. I think he, he wanted to come back over and um he lived with me for the first two, three years in Bangkok and now he's uh yeah, he's he's out there doing his own thing now. He's uh, he's, he's he has a band, he's doing music, he has a bar now, he opened a bar recently in Koh Samui, so um, yeah, he's doing well. He's doing good. I don't think he's coming back to Virginia anytime soon. So. <laughs> it's just amazing, mate, to know that so many people, like I was speaking to a couple of days before, so many people from Virginia have actually kicked on and done something as well. Like, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's pretty impressive. A and lot. I've, uh, I've, a lot of people, my, my year in school and a lot of my friends, you know, a lot, a lot of them are living in America. A lot of them, obviously, John Brown, one of my mates from school, um, in terms of being from Virginia, is in America. Alex Quinn, obviously one of my close mates in school as well. He's in that, he's in Dubai now. He's living there. So, you know, a lot of people are, are around the world, and, and it's quite interesting to um to say that a lot of people left Bridgen, but seem to come back when they're around thirty. So I'm not sure why that is. I, I'm not sure if it's like a thirty thing where around get around 30, they kind of head back to either Bridgen or back to the UK. So. Uh, like yeah, you just said to me now that you came back this year. What, why, what's, what's, what's the, uh, what's the reasoning about coming back to the UK? Mm. Well, well, for me, it was coming back just for the opportunity after the World Cup. Like I got offered to come here. Okay. You know what? One last crack of the crack of the whip, um, whilst doing it, and you know, still got my my visa. Well, a permanent residence still in Australia, so I can always go back there, and it's still a definite option at some stage because I got a house there. Um, I've got a lot of things still stuck over there. I've got my dog there. I still miss my dog. So I want to get him at some stage because I love my dog. Yeah. So a lot of things. What's, uh, where do you see your future? Good question. Good question. I do like Manchester, though. I do like it here. But I... Um, to be continued. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough yeah, one. All I'm doing yeah. is, uh, is I'm enjoying the moment. I'm enjoying the present. Like That's you spoke about earlier, yeah. I'm enjoying every moment. Yeah. When that stage comes, it comes. But um, yeah, man, I'm just, there's a lot of a lot of gratitude towards you as well, Mika. Like really, really proud. Like I know, obviously different ages in school, but always knew of you and knew you to say hello. I knew your brother, but like just really, really appreciative of what you've done. And um, I hope you really know that, mate. No, I appreciate it, mate. Uh, you know what? It's, it's a funny one, Ollie, because I actually follow your career. For a long time, I've still, obviously we. I remember you back in school being that small little fullback. Uh, I'm still somehow, small. You know, I know, mate. I've seen you haven't grown much, to be fair. But uh, no, mate. I I knew, I knew there was uh you were gonna make it in some sort of capacity, whether it's in the UK or back here or, or in Australia. I'm happy to see them so well, mate. And obviously still playing now. Just enjoy the moment. I think uh I think we can both look back one day and say to ourselves that you know we gave it everything and. And uh, yeah, we got. I think we could probably say in a nicer way that we probably got all we deserve. So definitely, definitely. Well, one thing I like to wrap up on the podcast before is I just always ask them what you're grateful for. But you've said a lot of things, but I'm very great. What are you grateful for, Mika? Wow, well, I would probably say you know first 
I, I have to say, you know, family, obviously, that's what I'm grateful for now. You know, everything comes with family. But, you know, I, before, obviously, I, before I had kids, before I met Taya, you know, I think I've always got to be, I, I always say I'm grateful for the opportunity I had to play football at the highest level. I mean, just, 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 just that, really. I think a lot of people either don't enjoy their work or do stuff that they, you know, either enjoy or don't get paid well. And mm. I think I'm, I'm just grateful for the opportunity that I've had for over the last 15 years to do the things I love every single day, to wake up in, you know, in the sun, to play football in this weather and to meet the people I have met. I'm just grateful for my life, really. I think, you know, financially, I'm very stable now. And I think everything just, you know, I, I can't look back and say I have been unlucky in any way, shape or form. So that's that's where I, I'm just grateful for everything. Really. Obviously, family is number one. But yeah, I say just for everything, the whole package, the last 15 years, you know, I couldn't have probably, like I said, written a better story for myself or or done it in any better way. So just grateful for that, really. And like I said, everything from now on is just going to be a bonus for me and obviously you know there's plenty of years left ahead of me in a different chapter of my life and different things but that's 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 to come and and the football chapter is coming to a close pretty soon and you know I could probably look back then and say you know play the highest level play Thailand national team you know play for Wales when I was younger you know I've pretty much done it all so I'm I'm just grateful for that really just for the opportunity to to do what I've, I've done what I love. Mm, I love that that's amazing man I'm grateful for this opportunity oh. to talk and connect again. It's been a long time, but someone yeah, asked me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. Someone asked me earlier, who, have you, who are you podcasting? I said, it's a guy, a friend from school, Mika, he plays in Thailand. I said, he's probably one of the most famous Welsh people that you may not know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way of explaining it. There was an article about that, I think. And uh, the famous Welsh, one of the most famous Welsh person you've never heard of. I was like, oh, that's a good title. But, um, but no, I mean, I'm grateful for everything and appreciate this chat, mate. You know, it's good to catch up with you and uh, yeah, for sure. And yeah, you're doing a great thing. I've been watching it. You've been you know, just keep inspiring people. And of course, you know, I think as an athlete, we go through ups and downs. And I think it's important to see the when the moment when we were down, how we dealt with that as well. Not just seeing, you know, the the highs all the time. You know, obviously there's there's many lows, and I think we both can relate to the lows and and coming through that. And I think it's important for us to inspire the next generation. Definitely, brother. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. All right, mate. Appreciate your time as well today. Okay.